Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week, on Ash Wednesday, we began our consideration of the good kings of Judah. We started with the great king, King David. Tonight, we skip a couple of kings so that we can get, uh, we, uh, including Solomon, and we continue with David's great, great grandson, Asa. 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2, Asa starts out as pretty good. Asa did what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord, which is in stark contrast to his great-grandfather, Rehoboam, who was the son of Solomon. Under Rehoboam, he was such a bad king, it left them with a rebellion, which left the kingdom divided. And so you had 10 tribes in the north, which we call Israel, and two tribes in the south, which we call Judah. And even though Judah retained its core strength from its days of David and Solomon, there was no rest. There was no real peace in the land because the kingdom was weak and it didn't depend upon the Lord. Ajibah, Abijah, Asa's father, who was the son of Rehoboam, also walked in the sins of his father, and did what was right in his heart and was not truly dedicated to the Lord God. So when Asa ascends the throne, he ascends the throne in a very difficult time. But it's written, the land did have rest for 10 years. And Asa understood why the kingdom had rest. For we have sought the Lord and he has given us peace. Ten years they have peace. It must have seemed like an eternity for a land that had been at war for almost three generations. Peace did not come from Asa's strength, and it didn't come from his faithfulness either. It was given to the people of Judah as a gift out of the graciousness of their Lord God. After ten years, there was a war. There was an army that had came up from the Ethiopians, a million-man army, and this army was about twice the size of what Judah could muster. And King Asa went to the temple, and he cried out unto the Lord. He said, we rely upon you and you alone. And the king was given a great victory. In the 35th year of Asa, Asa faced a new challenge. The northern kingdom, the northern ten tribes, of Israel, which had been very docile and not really enemies of Israel. Remember, Judah and Israel, they're, they're literally cousins. They had not really been at loggerheads, so to speak. They had sort of just let each other be and ignored each other as best they can. Israel started militarizing the border. Basha, the king of Israel, was building a fortress, and he was building that fortress at Ramah. Ramah was a city on the border between Judah and Israel on a trade path. The point was to not permit anyone to go out of Judah or in to Judah. Bashan would make difficult travel and make trade almost impossible. Which was a huge problem for Judah because it was a major source of their wealth, which was taxes on things that were going from Mesopotamia in the region of the Tigris and the Euphrates, heading down through Judah on its way to the Hittite lands of, of north of Egypt and Egyptian goods and Hittite goods making their way up through Judah 
on their way to the Tigris and the Euphrates area in Syria. It's a serious act of aggression. It's basically the threat of trade sanctions. And we would expect that the good King Judah would, would turn to God for help in this crisis. Hadn't the Lord decimated a million-man army just 10, 15 years ago, and Asa goes to the temple. He goes to the place of the presence of the Lord God in this time of crisis, but he didn't go to pray. Does Asa go to the temple in order to atone for his sins or even to ask for what the sins of the people were? Does he go to hear what the word of the Lord God is? Does he even call the prophet of the day to come and talk to him about what's going on? No, what he does is he goes to the temple and he raids the temple treasury. He sent his soldiers into God's house and took the silver and the gold from the treasury of his God. He looted his very own temple. He looted the temple of Solomon that his great-grandfather had built on the land that his great-great-grandfather David had purchased with his own money in order to put that temple right there. Asa robbed God in order to bribe Ben-Hadid of Syria. Now, Syria had been neutral in all of this stuff in the first place. Syria really didn't care what was going on between Israel and Judah. Syria had a covenant with both of them. They had a peace treaty with both of them. You leave me alone and I'll leave you alone and you two figure it out yourselves. Asa gave lavishly to Ben-Hadid, paying him to break his covenant to break his word with the northern kingdom of Israel going farther, King Asa of Judah hired foreign missionary, uh, missionaries, mercenaries. Those are different things. I know most of the time we don't know, but they are different things. Foreign mercenaries to distract Israel. And so with being attacked on two fronts in northern Israel, King Bashan was, was uh, forced to leave off building his fortress and go and deal with Syria. King Asa returned, turned the temple money, he turned the temple treasury of gold and silver into blood money, and with it, he bought the lives of his enemies, and as a result, he got what he wanted. Right, the Syrians attacked Israel, they raided their northern cities, and it forced King Bashan to abandon Ramah in order to deal with the Syrian threat in the north. But all was not well with Judah. Even though he got what he wanted, he had plundered the house of the Lord. And that was not going to go unpunished. When Hanai the seer had found out, he came to call upon the king and ask him to repent, to repay what he might have took, to do some sort of penance. And the king threw him in prison. Hanai later revealed that God would have given him the victory not only over Israel, but over Syria as well, had the king just but asked. In his later days, King Asa grew hostile under the word of the Lord, became more and more erratic, inflicting cruelties upon his own people. As an illustration and a culmination of his turning away from God, Asa suffered a debilitating disease of his feet. Scripture says that even in his disease, he did not seek the will of the Lord, but simply sought the will of physicians. Apparently, Asa had given up entirely on patience and seeking the will of the Lord, and so he died of his disease and was buried with his fathers. We remember the king, the king 
Asa and his, his reputation, his era, we consider one of the good ones. Israel, Judah was, had, had peace. They had prosperity. They built towers and walls and buildings, and they'd trade with their neighbors in relative peace other than a, just a couple of little places. This was not one of their so-called bad times in history, and yet King Asa couldn't provide a lasting peace. All he could do was stave his, his enemies off for a short time. He couldn't even survive a foot disease. It's an illustration of how success and peace and rest and prosperity can go to our heads and can leave us corrupt. Thinking that we've come about this on our own. Success can become a stumbling block. It leads us to trust in ourselves to trust in our own resources. And still, we know that the Lord God gives support unto the faithful. As Hanai had told Asa, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless and looks towards God. The Lord would have gladly given not only Israel, but would have given also the Syrians into the hand of Judah had he but, again, had he just but asked. If we're to have peace with God, we need a king who leads in the paths of righteousness. This king was promised. <coughs> this king was promised to King David to be David's son. And this son would reign forever. This king was also promised to Isaiah. And to Isaiah, the promise was come that this would be the prince of peace. A king from the, line, from the line of David and Solomon. This son Asa would come into the royal city to bring peace unto his people. He would first take upon himself our illnesses and he would bear our diseases. And having shouldered the burdens of sin manifested within our lives. And after he was acclaimed son of David, king of kings, lord of lords on Palm Sunday, Jesus does indeed come into his temple. And so the king of Judah went into the temple and when he goes into the temple, he sees the money changers and the money sellers and the animal sellers. And unlike Asa, Jesus is not overcome with his love of money. He doesn't want anything from the temple treasury. Instead, he upsets their tables and he pours out their coins and he yells and says, get these animals out of my temple. My, father, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He comes to cleanse the temple from the corrupting influences. My father's house will be called a house of prayer, not a a den of robbers. The son of Asa also sat at the treasury, not to find wealthy men to ask for donations, but to focus upon a poor widow who without an ounce of power or pretense gave more than the wealthiest person there in that court. The example of the widow's might stands today as those would sacrifice everything for the, for the grace of their Lord. How differently this king viewed the treasuries of the temple than did his great-great-great-great-grandfather Asa. Jesus could see past the money. He could see past the gold. So easily does silver and gold tempt the guardians of the temple treasury. We see in, in ensuing years that the temple treasury guards and the high priest actually at some points have taken sides trying to decide who's going to be king depending on who's going to give them a better share Later on with 30 pieces of silver, temple silver, by the way, 
Temple silver was used to buy the life of this son of David, the king we know of Jesus. This payment was given to Judas to break his covenant with the Lord, to give him over to a pagan governor named Pontius Pilate. And in fact, when Judas saw the horror that he had wrought by his betrayal, he sought to return the money, to give it back, to make some sort of a restitution for the evil that he had done. Because the blood money could never be returned to the temple. It had accomplished its unholy purpose and could never be returned to the Lord God. And the head priests would not take it anymore. We can't take that money. That money that had come from the temple itself already because it had now become blood money. It had been toiled. It had been soiled and tainted with someone's sin as if the filthy lucre of the temple had not already defiled it in the first place. But God's purposes were not thwarted. The son of David still came. And he would be the great king. And he is the king of peace who rules in Jerusalem, the city of peace. And from the temple treasury came blood money that brought redemption by means, not of means of silver from the house of the Lord, but from the means of the king of kings that the Lord God had promised and procured and given of himself. The king of Judeas, when the king of the Judas, the Judeans was hung upon a cross. And the son of Asa paid the price in his own blood. Where all the money in the temple couldn't have brought peace. For there wasn't enough silver or gold which could be used to redeem the sins of the entire world. And it wasn't the blood, the money that needed to be redeemed in the first place. It was the sins of Asa and Judas and me and you. Peace isn't what we need from our hostile neighbors. Peace we need isn't from an inept government. The peace that we need is not from a distorted worldview. The peace that we need is with God. A God who we constantly ignore on our fleeting days off. A God who made peace with us, even though the world couldn't. We see that King Jesus has overcome the world. This King Jesus has given us the victory. This great-great-grandson of Asa. He came into his temple. He cleansed the temple. He was uh, acclaimed king of the Jews by the people of Jerusalem. And this peace has not been for 10 years or for 20 years, but this is a peace that our great king brings, and it's a peace that he brings for eternity, an eternal Sabbath rest for his people. It's a peace that we can rely upon. Indeed, there's nothing else in which we can trust or should trust than the blood of the king of the Jews Jesus, grandson of Asa, son of David, the Prince of Peace given unto us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.